Welcome to the 11th episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. We are your hosts, Brendan Diesendorf. I'm Jack Neely. And I'm Jared Watkins. We are here to talk about the practical side of operations work. This week, we're talking about job transitions. So one of the realities of this line of work is job transitions, both being in an organization that somebody has recently left and being the person who has recently left that organization. Of the three of us, I think, Jared, you're the one who has most recently changed jobs, right? That is right. Can you talk a little bit about how you prepared for the transition and issues and and things that you hit recently? Yeah. So preparing for the transition, man. Um, I guess uh, like a lot of us after being in a place for a while and just feeling kind of stuck. Um, for me, really, it was not being challenged anymore. Uh, and, and I really want to be challenged. I, I, I love being uh, faced with uh, something that I, I don't know and I don't understand and then you know figuring it out. I think that's what probably draws a lot of us to this profession and to uh, this line of work. And um, yes, there's there's times where we have to do the, mon- the monotonous and the and the boring stuff. Um, but when that becomes kind of your routine day in and day out, and there's no more uh, challenging things, interesting things that really keep you driving, I think that's when you know you start to start taking a look. And uh, so I, I did that. Um, and no no real hard feelings on on my previous company. I I understand where they were and why they were at the position they were. It's just they couldn't do anything about it. And, um, luckily enough for me, I was, uh, able to, um, run into some friends of mine who did know a place that was hiring. And, uh, so yeah, I transitioned and now I get to be the, the new man, the new guy. And, uh, it's been the a lot of man on the totem pole. That's, and that's right. And that's honestly to be, that's probably been the most difficult part for me. Cause not only did I change, not only did I go from being, you know, like team lead or, or whatever, you know, the, the guy running the teams to you know, the low man on the totem pole also went from a team of really two to three people to a team much bigger than that. Um, and so it's really been a different dynamic for me trying to trying to just get used to that. And, uh, um, not only is there there are more people, it's it's also all of them are as smart or smarter than you. So not only are you trying to play catch up to the environment and figure out things, uh, you're really trying to play catch up to you know their level of thinking and what is just going on, um, and just the the pace of the environment, um, and and that just takes time. And uh, you know I've I've probably been harder on myself than maybe others, but I do try to keep uh, some perspective that. You know, things will take you longer at first. Uh, obviously, that's not an excuse to just drag on something. But, uh, you know, at the same time, you can't be too hard on yourself if something that would have taken you, you know, half a day or an hour at your previous job may take you a little bit longer at the new position just because you're trying to figure how they do things, where things are. Uh, which people to talk to to figure out about things. Uh, so it's just it's just interesting. One of the things that I have faced in past transitions is even if I wasn't going from being the most senior technically, going from being the most senior in terms of time and grade 
to a new environment, you are now the newest person on the on the list, and you have to learn the culture of the new shop, even if they do things that you think are really suboptimal or or in a way that you don't understand why you would do something that way and you want to convince people to change, you're the new guy. And you have to now get to know folks and get to know culture before you can start affecting change or really understanding some of the minutia of why things are happening. So yeah, I totally feel that pain. So being that I work for a, a consulting outfit, really my most recent transition is changing clients you know, that uh, uh, contract with the same company that I work for. Um, and it's it's very interesting to be suddenly thrown across the wall and find yourself in a completely new environment, new people, uh, and trying to figure out how to be useful and how to how to make good with what you have and and pull your own weight on the team. And when I was when I was a younger sysadmin back in the days of yore, I learned I learned a, a a political knack for for how I did my job. I learned to be very careful about uh, making changes and about learning new systems and getting my feet wet so that uh, I wouldn't be seen as being the new guy in the system and making mistakes and making it harder for other people. At at previous employers of mine, um, you know, they did like to play the blame game a bit, and I surely did not want to be the subject of that. Um, and that uh, really affects how I um, how I make transitions now and try to learn a new system and you know, force myself to actually do something to that makes changes that might be breaking, that, that might fix something for someone. Um, and I know a lot of other people have... Um, a complete different uh, way about going at things, just depending on the culture in where uh, they they learned how to do their jobs. Uh, I know lots of folks that try out all sorts of new and different things and figures out what sticks on the wall, and if it doesn't stick, uh, they move on. And that's that's really very different from from how I learned back in the day. I think my crowning achievement for job transitions is that I almost always within the first week break something that's very visible and very public, but relatively easy to fix and relatively minor. I found that that's often, although it's never intentional, it's a very good way to get to know other administrators because you're suddenly asking very meekly, hey, I'm I'm the new guy and I just broke the server monitoring interface for everybody. I just broke email distribution. I just broke something, something rather large. And uh, I just accidentally took down the main website. Yeah. And this... Oopsie. As long as you handle it with grace and aplomb and you are humble about it, other veteran sysadmins who at least have an understanding of all the systems and the pieces and how everything works together are usually very gracious about, oh, you're coming to me, you're asking for help. You're not blaming, oh, the stupid environment, the stupid new thing. And they're willing to help you with stuff. So I find that that's... And usually in that case, folks will bend over backwards to help you out, get the site back online, and and make sure that you've learned a thing or two. This is, of course, in an environment that was not driven by monetizing or productizing a web in, web interface. Because if you do that at a, at a major... Yeah, don't do that at Twitter. Yeah, or Apple or Facebook or one of those places, because you will be shown the door very, very quickly. But... 
at large government organizations, if the website is down for two or three minutes on a Monday morning, eh, nobody's happy, but nobody loses their job either. And I, I think one thing that's important and that I've tried to do, uh, you know, previous transitions and obviously at, at the one I'm currently going through right now is that when you do have to ask questions or figure things out to at least to show initiative that you you tried your best to figure something out, read documentation or uh, figure out the pieces first, then kind of almost ask a confirming question or a um, a leading question, as it were, to to show questions the initiative. That show you're paying attention, right? And it's not just, hey, can you do my job for me? You know, because even though you're new, you're you're still. I mean, you, you need to try and pull your weight. Um, and as long as you do that and show the initiative, then I, I find a lot, you know, it, it, obviously people are very res- responsive and very um, happy that you did that and willing to work with you to help out to them, which is an obvious question, an obvious answer, but to you isn't. Absolutely. I find that is extraordinarily helpful, even when you are a veteran on the team, but you're trying to learn a new system and you're going to somebody else's project or somebody else's group of, of either coders or tasks or servers. And instead of saying, so how does this work again? You say, so in the documentation, it says widget A is plugged into into widget B, but I'm, I'm not understanding what the authentication mechanism is between the two of them. And that that shows that you have at least attempted to conceptualize the problem and you're working on, a, on an actual solution and not just... Hey man, I'm I'm feeling dumb. How does this whole thing? How do you, how do you internet again? I totally agree. I don't internet very well sometimes. Other hard parts of job transition from the individual side are when you start a new organization, you have to also usually mire through a large pile of paperwork related to money issues, income issues, taxes, whatnot. You have to get through NDAs and privacy agreements and on-the-job training about, you know, don't sexually harass people because we're not asked here. We're going we're gonna to be friendly people, those kinds of things. And that chews up a substantial amount of brain power that you are desperately trying to save to apply to the new environment and picking things up. And so for me, almost every job transition I've ever had, including my first actual job where I just showed up with no transition, really, from from another place, there's been a week or two of just sort of fog where you're trying to figure out, okay, I'm running as fast as I can. And I just, I feel dumb. I feel like I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not getting it. And as long as you feel that and you're, you're trying as hard as you can, I think that's a sign that you're doing it right. It's the times that you, oh yeah, I've got this. I'm totally fine. And you're very confident. That means that you really don't understand how much of a mess you're in. Yeah. And I got to say, when you can sign up for, for, most of that stuff online. Oh, is that beautiful? Yeah. A number of jobs ago, I was living in the Middle East or I was moving to the Middle East working for a university out there and they really believe in their paperwork and bringing copies of your passport photo to attach to various official documents. And you spend days, literally days just dealing with paperwork and getting things notarized and well, this needs to be transcribed into Arabic and this needs to be transcribed into this and this needs to be taken down to this department you know, on the other side of town or you get to get your health your health shots and whatever done. If I work for a completely remote employer, 
My boss is across the country, and I've got to show him my passport to prove I'm a U.S. citizen to, you know, have a job in the U.S. Uh, how's that work again? And job transitions. I would like to advertise here that uh, Google Gmail has end-to-end SSL encryption, which is very, very handy. Job transitions are also difficult for the team receiving a new employee because for a lot of folks, it's a break in the rhythm. It's a break in the the stride of work to bring on a new person, to explain to them how various pieces of the infrastructure work and why things were designed the way they were. And it's all positive. It's all moving in the right direction. But it does take time out of people's usually very busy schedules to figure out how to show people this is what needs to change. This is what needs to not change. This is why we've architected this service in this way. Those kinds of things. It's easier for me when I can say, hey, new guy, here's your, here's a pile of stuff that has no one on it. This is where you need to live. Start digging. Um, it's much more difficult when, when I need to figure out how to divide up uh, tasks and sort of integrate a new person on an already pre-existing team with stuff's already in motion. Because um, usually you've, you've, I've got my own head so deep in in some bit of code or some bit of architecture of how a system works that it's it takes quite a bit of effort to to step out long enough to get somebody else you know, their knowledge built up so that they can be productive that way. Um, those are definitely some of the challenges I have working with with a new guy on the team. Jared, you and I and, worked together a job or two ago now, and you did a great job bringing me on board. Do you have anything that, any tips or pointers you could share about that process? Yeah, I was actually going to say it, it. it's actually difficult sometimes when the actual um, employer slash management doesn't allow for time to transition that the new person onto the team. Um you know, luckily, when oh, none of us have on- never been there, have we? <laughs> well, I was about to say, actually, fortunately, when when Brendan came on, we didn't have we we actually had time to to go through things, and and also we were actually at a little bit of a a turning point uh, infrastructure wise to where we could actually just kind of start from the ground up and and rebuild a few things too. So that I think that was really beneficial. And helpful because it was really just Brendan and I looking at each other going, all right, what do we want to do here? And then just do it. There was no um, having to uh, show Brendan, oh, this is how we do this. This is how we do this. It was more of we're, we're at a transitional period. Here's where we want to be. How do we want to get there? And let's just get there. Um, so that that was really fortunate and um, really allowed that. Um, the, the next time when I had some newer hires come on board, uh, it wasn't as easy just because we were in the midst of, you know, having things to be shipped, deployed, you know, the, the whole the whole nine yards, and then bringing on uh, new team members with deadlines looming was that that transition was much more difficult. Um, I was actually pushing off more things into nights and weekends so that I could transition, so that I could train the, the new guys whenever I had a chance. That is very difficult. I was, many, many moons ago, I was given an intern in the, my boss walked to my office at 8.30 in the morning and said, so you've got an intern for the summer and he'll be here in half an hour and find, find something for him to work on. Uh, what? And I was... Surprise, mortals. 
I was very busy with other projects and I had summer vacation plans and other things and it was okay. Well, I, I guess I will, I will carve off a piece of the work that I can give him that's only going to take a short period of time. And I didn't have a whole lot of flexibility about giving him guidance and I felt really bad about it, but that's kind of the reality I was stuck with. And I felt that could have gone a lot better if I had been given more notice about what was going on to at least plan for it. Also given some more flexibility in schedules and tasks and deadlines so I could I could affect some change better there and I could give him a better internship experience because he was he could tell the first couple of days that I really had no preparation for him whatsoever. Yeah, and it takes me some actual thought and preparation of okay, we're we're bringing on a new guy who's going to work on the same team. What bits of low-hanging fruit can we reserve or figure out that will get the the new person started with something uh, easy enough to tackle for a new person and that gets them into the system and start figuring out how things work at a at a higher level and that's that takes me a great deal of thought and in planning you want to be very careful not to give the new person things that are ridiculously difficult or things that are just mundane and very easy because both sides of that are unfair in terms for the the onboarding process it makes it more yeah, difficult you can't the, assume that that the new guy understands the the reasons behind why you're building an architecture the way you're building it. Or, or I mean, even just giving them a project that's going to take four or five months to execute, at least give them tasks of the larger projects rather than the massive stuff. Moving over a little bit, the preparation, I think of all, I think of the three of us, I've left the most jobs, unfortunately. Um, but the preparation that, you need to have for leaving a job is very involved and very nerve wracking and very stressful to do it right. And if you don't do it right, you can really hurt yourself later. Oh gosh. Yes. What kind of insurance? <laughs> well, there's insurance, but there's, there's also just the, the, the work side of things when you're tying off old projects and trying to make sure that the last bits of thing you're working on documentation is up to date or that other team members are fully debriefed on things, or even remote team members know that you're leaving. So it's it's not, they don't get the surprise of the Monday after you're gone, they try to call you and your office line doesn't work anymore. And it's part of the social contract of, if you're looking, even if you're really serious at looking, at what point do you make a public in, internal to your team or the folks you work with that you're really thinking about leaving? Because once you... Once you tell folks you're really thinking about leaving and you're actively looking for a job, uh, you might as well just written your resignation letter. And you may not have uh, a new employer lined up that something that you feel comfortable with for for weeks to months. And that, that can really do a lot of damage to the, the relationship you have with your current employer. Yeah, I think that depends on the, the relationship with your with your teammates. Um you know, I've been at some places where they're looking right beside you. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Well, you're looking, yeah. yeah, you have any resumes for me? Uh, can you proofread my, you know, I, I mean, I've been at places where it's, it's almost, you know, open knowledge that, you know, other teammates team members are looking and even sharing recruiters slash interviews. Uh, so, I mean, 
uh, I, that's a little brazen, uh, but <laughs> I, I, I think a, it really just, it, it depends. I have a friend who's not in operations, but he recently, well, I guess his last day is this Thursday and his entire group is looking and they're sharing notes and they're interviewing. They're seeing each other at interviews for, you know, they're passing each other in the halls for interviews at companies and things because they all have the sense that the workplace is falling apart um, due to some management was looking at outsourcing some things and did a very poor job of communicating for several months. And when the worker bees only hear the, oh, we may be outsourcing something sometime later and you can't get specifics, they get nervous. And if they get nervous enough, they start looking for jobs. But it, it sounds like that entire office is cleaning itself out rather rapidly. And there's a lot of crosstalk there within within the groups about, so who, what are you looking at? What are you getting? What kind of rates are you finding? You know, what kind of what kind of bonuses and salary ranges and all those things? They were, they were openly discussing it in their offices. And that can be that can be really that can odd. be also demoralizing to you looking for a job. True. I mean, I've I guess we've all had our our worse scenarios than than other, um, but looking around at your office and knowing that that everybody is actively looking for a for another job someplace else, knowing that the team that you've you know, really invested in and put a lot of effort into building, um, whether you're a team lead or, or just a peer, um, that also affects yourself. Because there are things that you will never get back. That is true. But in terms of just strict preparation, is there anything outside of making sure documentation is up to date and making sure that tasks are handed over that you guys find useful or helpful with a transition? Uh, documentation. Mind-melding. I mean, uh, writing documentation is definitely high on the list. It's sometimes challenging to really be able to iterate in your head what documentation you need to write or what documentation you need to ask someone for. Um, and being able to... Uh, uh, clean up all of your tickets in whatever ticketing system you're using. And at least this is where this ticket lies. It's not finished, but this is what is what has been done and taken care of. So when that ticket uh, becomes active again and somebody else has to deal with it, they can at least figure out where you left off. Yeah, so, so my last uh, few weeks were just really sitting down in a conference room in front of a big TV and just going through my normal routine. Um, you know, something, if, if I needed to deploy, deploy an app or if I needed to, to fix this or, you know, do whatever we did it as everybody sat in a room and watched me do it. And I think that was really beneficial for the team just to, just to see everything that I did. And, and it was, it was also beneficial to me because, you know, even when you're writing documentation, sometimes it's very easy. Uh, you know, when you proofread, you, you add things when you're reading and, uh, it's very easy to kind of gloss over a few steps. And I, I, even when I was doing things, uh, you know, some of the team members would ask me, well, why are you doing this right here? And it, to be honest, it's, it was so routine or, or whatever. I didn't even think about it. And I had to stop and go, Oh, what well, I, I do this because of X, Y, and Z. And, uh, it was really beneficial to just kind of, um, go through and, 
use that as a driver to talk what we were going to talk about and how it was going to transition um, and, and really helped uh, find some of the things that I, I don't know if I would have found if I just had just sat down and just did just a documentation dump. Yeah, unfortunately, when I left my old job, I was just told to brain dump. And that wasn't very helpful. Yeah, my last three jobs that I've left, I've been asked to, you know, get documentation up to date. And then a person is designated to take over my tasks and responsibilities. So go have a couple of days of one on one with them and kind of explain to them where things were and answer any questions they have and show them things. And then those people have all left those jobs within a year or so of me having done that, which kind of defeats the purpose, I guess, but it it makes it difficult for the organization that remains because now the institutional knowledge has left the building and the person it was given to in partial format, usually because it's, you can't get all of the context over that way is also leaving. And that's very difficult for an organization to really adapt to. Really the biggest thing that I I just can't stress enough. It doesn't matter how much you hate your boss or how miserable you are at your job. Leave on good terms. Yes. You don't ever have to go back. You don't ever have to cross that bridge again. Leave on good terms and be nice to your peers and let them know what your email address is in case they have a question. Most folks, any folks really, uh, will respect your your email address that you give them and and only use it when they really need to ask you a question. But that is uh, being able to contact the old guy and saying, you, you remember this? Probably not in this situation. Do you remember how this worked or have any advice? And usually I don't get a... a Usually the folks have been gone too long to actually give me the answer I'm looking for, but there's always something in the conversation that sort of jiggles out the the right solution. For me, the half-life of that old information is about six months. So six months after I leave a job, about half of the information is decayed out of my brain. And then six months later, I have a quarter of it left and then an eighth of it left and diminishing returns very quickly kicks in. So it's if you if you ask me relatively quickly after leaving a job, I can tell you. And if you ask me things right now about a couple of jobs ago, there's a, a few pieces that I could probably dig up if if really it was necessary. But yeah, it, be nice to people. Transition gracefully and cleanly. Don't be a jerk. Don't don't steal equipment. Don't lie about stuff. Don't don't be rude to people. Really don't do any of that stuff. Um, a couple of years ago, well, a long time ago now, an old boss called me up and said, Hey, I really want you back. I was like, Oh, oh really? I left for, you know, a number of reasons. He said, yeah, I, I will pay you a lot of money to come back. Oh, okay. And I thought about it for a while and I decided to go back and the organization, most of the people that I had left there were still working there. And I went back into my old position working right next to them. And if I had left ungracefully or in a huff or anything else, that would have been really unpleasant for me. Well, the corollary is true as well. If you're working for an organization that that everybody is miserable and everybody's jumping ship left, right, and sideways, if you if you decide to be a jerk on the way out the door, everybody that 
works on your team that works for that company is going to remember you were a jerk. And, you know, a couple of years later, um, a couple of those folks work at a new company that uh, the uh, class A jerk is trying to apply for. And what do you think they're going to remember? You're not going to get that job. Another final aspect of job transitions on the leaving side is in the U.S. by law, vacation days are paid out at full employee rate. You need to make sure that when you are leaving, you have a clear, a clear understanding of where your vacation days stand, where your 401k is, any other health insurance or medical leave or other things you may either have a different understanding of or maybe even owe money on, or if you have certifications or training you need to pay back within a period of time or relocation, talk to HR, get a Ooh, very clear picture. contracts. Yeah, get, talk to HR, get a very clear picture of exactly what is expected of you and owed from you, if anything is owed from you. Um, one of the jobs I looked at a couple of years ago, relocation was covered as long as you stayed for a year. If you left within a year, you had to, you had to pay back relocation. And you need to know these yep, things. So I have a good you... friend that worked for a a Seattle company that everybody knows their name and relocation contract and everything. And it didn't work out. And it it was not a great situation. Sometimes jobs just don't work out. And fortunately, the management at large Seattle company um, was gracious and said, you know, once your year is up, we know this is not working out. You know this is not working out. Go ahead and use company resources and our support groups to uh, uh, go ahead and look for a job that that's going to work better at. Uh, you're going to have these these skills and these supports that we can give you. Um, and it turned out to be a very mutual uh, agreement between the, the parties involved. And sometimes shit happens, but sometimes you get into a better place. And that's exactly what happened for my friend. Um, but speaking of, of any financial obligations, if you have a 401k, and I'm sure you have a 401k or other similar retirement savings, leaving it in your employer's uh, account is not necessarily the um, best use of your savings. Um, if I could, dare I suggest, um, roll it over into an IRA of some form. Uh, in an account that you control and have more options for where you can invest your money, depending on how you feel comfortable doing that. Do we have any final comments we'd like to add? I uh, I guess I just want to echo <laughs> the uh, the being nice. Um, even if you are unhappy at your current or uh, well, I guess it would be your current position, you're thinking about leaving. Um, yeah, take the high road always. It's It's going to pay off dividends in the future, even if you don't realize it from that company uh as it's been mentioned before position people people move on to other positions and you never know what will happen down and down the future and uh yeah they could uh, always come back and get you either positive or negative that's been episode 11 of the practical operations podcast we are your hosts brendan diesendorf jack neely and i'm jared watkins thank you good night